welcome to the Cabramatta Vineyard Church podcast. We are a missional community in southwestern Sydney that desires to be a preview community of God's generous rule and reign. For more information, check out cabramattavineyard.org.au. We're running on fumes now. We're running on the Holy Spirit this morning. Um, But we had a lovely time and got to spend lots of time with um, Mike's family. Madison especially, when asked what her highlight was, was playing with her cousin. Who, yeah, they they just were three little people running around loving each other's company, so... um, it was very lovely to see. Anyway, so um, yeah, I've been asked to share my testimony this morning, and um, yeah, it's something I think I've been reflecting on quite a bit recently anyway, because um, I turned 30 this year, um, and with that came a lot of reflection, (laughs) um, entering a new decade, Um, and so it's already sort of something that's been on my mind. But um, for those that don't know, I really love um, finding meaning in things. Um, And so whether that's somebody's name or um, a word that I don't know the meaning of, I love looking up that sort of thing. So when I was thinking about my testimony and how to frame it and deliver it (laughs) this morning, I thought about seasons and um, both literal and spiritual seasons Um, and so that's how I'm going to walk through my testimony this morning and I have brought some some props which I'll get into later. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'll leave that there. So, um, whoops, so this is called Following God in Every Season and that's what I'll be um, chatting through today and I'm going to sort of round everything up with some sort of practical things that you might be able to do in your quiet time with God um, and that sort of thing. So anyway, we're starting off in winter. Um, So I was born in the winter of 1993 to Jeff and Janice Williams. Um, I grew up in the Southern Highlands um, and we kind of moved around a fair bit um, in my younger years. And then we moved to Bosley Park and not long after that, um, Mum and Dad sold their place and we moved to Camden Heights. And so we were 10 minutes, not even, from uh, my aunt and uncle, Jenny and Paul Matos, who most of you would know. Um, and they were attending Cabramatta Vineyard and so they, I think, asked my mum and dad at the time, um, would you like, like us to bring the girls to church? And so that's when we started um, coming to church. I would have been probably five or six at that point, um, and my younger sister, Amanda. And so, yeah, we were little people running around at Cabernet Vineyard um, back at Park Road. So that was quite a long time ago <laughs> now, but, um, 
yeah, there's just so many like different memories that come to mind when I think about, um, I guess, my introduction to Jesus and yeah, just how that that chapter of my life um, started. So um, I'm going to move on to the next bit now. We're moving into spring. So I think um, the reason I sort of put spring over this season of my life was because this is when I gave my life to Jesus. And so um, I feel like a lot of times when, you know, you come to Jesus, you've come out of maybe something difficult and God's met you right in the middle of that season. And so um, new life gets to be brought into your life through Jesus. Um, so this is me being baptised. <laughs> um, I actually got baptised the same day as my parents. So um, dad's always like known God um, from a young age, but in his like... I guess adolescence and young adulthood um, didn't actively pursue it, but he knew when he was um, going to marry my mum, like he wanted someone who was going to believe in Jesus too. He just knew that. Um, that's the story that he tells. Like he just really wanted that in someone. And so I think the first gift he bought my mum was a Bible. And yeah, she just burst into tears crying and was like no one's ever given me a gift that special and that sort of thing so the rest is history and they got married and had us um so yeah that's me getting baptized so I, when i was 10 um like i had a really good foundation of sunday school like uh, kids church with jill and judy and there's so many um yeah like those original bible stories that you learn in kids church um are still very vivid to me and are such a strong foundation um, in my journey with Jesus. Um, and uh, yeah, it starts with the word, like um, they're things that I still remember like vividly, you know, when I'm in a hard spot or whatever, and I think about, oh, I need to go back to the word. I need to go back and see what God says about this. So um, I also included some photos um, here of different worship situations. I think the top one was my first worship retreat. And the bottom one... Did. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's the same room where we had church camp. Um, and then that's us at the school. And there's Luke and Linda and my sister Amanda on the end. So, um, like, worship's an important part of my life. Um, but you'll see in the midst of my story that it's not like the focus or like the forefront, if that makes sense, like as in the doing of worship, like worship is so much more than just singing and you'll see that through um, my story, but so much of what is personal and like my relationship with God happens at home or in my room when I'm sitting and singing to him or reading my Bible, that sort of thing. That's where, like, my real, I guess, the most of my worship is. So if you imagine, like, a, um, uh, what do you call an iceberg, exactly. Thank you. We're on the same wavelength. <laughs> um, yeah, what you see on a Sunday morning is here, and then the rest is all the stuff that happens at home in my quiet time with Jesus. 
So um, around this time as well, when I was 10, I started swimming, which I'll touch on more in a minute. Um, but yeah, the, the early years of my um, walk with Jesus were just, just being a part of everything, like going to church camps, youth camps, like all the things, um, getting to meet a lot of different people. It was a bit socially awkward at that age, so it was actually quite a struggle for me to um, kind of come out of my shell and stuff, but I found those like one-on-one -on -one kind of personal conversations that you had with people to be the most impactful to me personally. Um, and so, yeah, during that season I, I found Jesus and I journaled a lot of my prayers and um, this is actually my very first journal that I got when I became um, a Christian. And so, um, yeah, it's really funny, like really funny. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I was like reading through some of this, preparing for today, just being like, oh my goodness, like prayers about like my sister, why, like Jesus, help us not to fight, we're getting in trouble, like <laughs> help me to love my sister, she's annoying me, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, so I've actually got a little um, excerpt of a prayer which I like love so much and it cracks me up. Dear Lord, please help me to understand what Greg says so I may understand. Journal entry in 2002 when I was nine years old. <laughs> God answers prayers, guys. <laughs> I mostly understand now. But um, I really felt like, you know, journaling is such a good way to be able to look back on prayers. Like, I, I don't physically remember ever writing that or praying that. But God does. God remembers your prayers. God remembers the big ones, the little ones, the ones you say when you're in traffic on the way to work. Like, oh, God, please get me there on time. Like, those sorts of things. God's listening to all of it. Um... And so in every season, I feel like it's, it's been marked by where my heart position is and it's always to want to follow God. Like, yeah, even, even when my actions don't always match that. It's like I know where my heart sits and it's often just, God, help me understand. God, I want to understand you more. Um, and I actually used to pray for that because I remember reading... Um, I can't remember the scripture off the top of my head, but like to earnestly seek like wisdom and understanding. And I remember going, yeah, God, I want wisdom. I want understanding. And I would pray for those things. And, it, and the fruit of that has been, you know, being able to talk to people and feeling like you can connect and get through to people in a different way. So God answers prayers, y'all. <laughs> Keep praying. Um, so... Yeah, in the summer, um, I think oftentimes summer is seen as like a really fun sort of season, like you're outdoors, you're doing a lot of that sort of thing. But when I was reflecting on my own life, summer actually was really hard. Um, so this is probably one of the most um, difficult sort of seasons for me personally. Um, so I've written down here, I've often been the youngest person in the room which, you know, worship leading at different things like conferences and whatnot, I'm often the youngest person there. There's a lot of people that are older than me, wiser than me, um, that sort of thing. But I've always just tried to like sit there and listen, you know, and, 
soak in all that knowledge from other people. Um, but I'm finally owning my story and even the ugly bits because you're never too young to have a story or too old to have a purpose. And I want God to keep using me and to keep using my little to grow the lot. So, um, yeah, this, this season was um, something very new for me. So I start, so this is my family. Um, a lot of you probably have met my sister Amanda. Um, so I'm the eldest of four. So there's me, my sister Amanda, my sister Amy, and my youngest brother Jesse, although he's the tallest now. <laughs> he's huge. <laughs> um, and my mum and dad, Jeff and Janice. So, um, Where is that? This photo? Yeah. We went to the um, Botanic Garden, like the Botanic, like, I don't know, Chinese Gardens or something. Orban. Yes, the Auburn one. Because um, mum and dad took their wedding photos there, so we <coughs> went back for their 30th wedding anniversary. Yeah, our wedding photos there too. <laughs> that's cool. So, that's it. <laughs> um, so, swimming. I'm touching back on that now, we've looped back around. So, um, when I was 10 I started swimming. Um, it started because I went to my school swimming carnival and Jumped in the pool, won every single race, um, having never done swimming lessons or anything like that. And so I came home and I said, Mum, look, like, um, I did swimming carnival today. And she was like, how many like, blue ribbons did you get? Like, what's going on? And, um, and I said, oh, well, I won all my races. And I, I remember this vividly. Like, I didn't even have a proper swimming costume. I had board shorts and a singlet. And I remember swimming down and the singlet was like, scooping the water in <laughs> so I was just like swimming going oh but I still won and I was just like this is amazing so anyway I went to my mum and um, I used to have trouble sleeping I just lay there and just be awake for ages and ages and so my mum said well maybe you can start doing um, swimming training if you want you know it might help you rest better at night too you know so I went to the pool joined the squad and started swimming and then that took me on a six year journey um, from local swim club meets to um, regional, state, national. Um, so this is my, my swimming cap. Um, it's a little bit worn on that side. Um, but I was really proud of this because we got our names on the side and I thought, oh, that's so professional. <laughs> Um, swimming in the pool and having your name on your cap. Um, but kind of the peak of my swimming um, was in this photo there. We just won the, um, I think it was the medley um, relay at Nationals, which was massive for us. And I also got to share it with my best friend, um, Erica, at the front there. She was one of my bridesmaids. And um, yeah, it was awesome. And she, 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 she actually did the freestyle leg in that race, which was crazy because she's actually like a butterfly. Um, and she was just like, she's tiny, like you can see it in that photo. But she just, I remember just swimming down the pool and we were just going, go, go. And she was like, swam the fastest leg she's ever swam in that race. It was awesome. So, um, yeah, but the peak would have been um, this is my cap from on the blocks to Beijing. So this is when I trialled for um, 
the Olympics, which was uh, 2008. Um, I also brought in one of my swimming costumes. They actually banned this um, not long after. But it's kind of like a Batman suit. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they actually banned the long full body ones because it was like, I don't know, one of these old um, champion swimmers came out of the woodwork, so it was like, that's cheating, we never had that back in our day. <laughs> so we weren't allowed to wear them anymore. But um, yeah, anyway. So that season was massively busy for me. Um, I was training nine times a week, um, doing gym sessions of an evening, and it was just full on. Like, so I had all my training sessions, school, um, I was like leading worship and stuff, so we had like home group, and yeah, I just remember finding a calendar from that season of life and being like, I don't know how I did it. Like, I really don't. Um, it was intense. I'd be up at 4 a.m. I'd go to bed at 8.30 because I was just exhausted after training in the morning, going to school, training again in the afternoon, and then going to bed. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat um, for years and years on end. And I achieved a lot. I, um, I did really well with my swimming, but during that time was also when my relationship with my dad got its rockiest. And so, like, I just feel to sort of just share a little bit about this, but it's mostly for me coming home from school and then just having these arguments with my dad and it being a real struggle. And so I'd get in the pool and I'd scream in the water and just try and let out some of that frustration and that anger. Um, and towards the end of swimming, I realised that I didn't actually enjoy it. It wasn't something I wanted to do anymore. And even that caused more uh, disagreements and arguments with my parents and my, my dad especially. Um, and so that season in life was like the burning heat of summer, just feeling like under the pump and just always going, going, going. And I looked at my life and thought, like, swimming is such a lifestyle and it's just everything I do. Like, I wake up, I'm in the pool. I come home, I'm in the pool. I dream about it. Like, I'd just always be doing that. Um, and in a lot of ways, it was a bit of an escape. Um, but, like, I'd be praying, like, while I'm swimming, just being like, Jesus, I just want this to change. Um, I want something different. You know, and I read those verses about, like, you know, running with perseverance and all that sort of stuff. And, like, I've, I've swam and, and done, like, an elite level of a sport. And that didn't satisfy any of the needs that I really had in my heart. Only God could do that. Um, and so, yeah, I used to just journal and journal. And I would, during this season, I'd spend time in my room on my face before God, just like every hard feeling, sad feeling, angry feeling, just crying and pouring it out before God. And just, yeah, I just used to just worship all the time in my room. I'd be playing my piano in my room, worshiping, because it was the really 
spending that quality time with God was the only like real satisfaction that I got out of life. Um, and so I'm very thankful that I um, I had God in that in that season of life because when I didn't feel like I had a, a dad in the physical, I did have that in the spiritual, you know. So um, yeah, that was difficult, but um, I did learn a lot from that season also, you know, discipline, um, all sorts of things from swimming that I, I, don't, I don't regret doing it, that's for sure. So moving into autumn, lots of things were changing. Um, not too long after I gave up swimming, I met Mike. And, um, Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this is me, I don't know, I would have been around 20, something like that. So yeah, we're coming on 10 years um, next year, which is crazy. <laughs> That's gone very fast. Um, so yeah, autumn, changing of seasons, that sort of thing. Um, is what happened when um, I met Mike, a lot changed. Um, so yeah, that was a very special day. Um, so yeah, we got married. Um, I think we were dating a year, engaged for a year, and then yeah, we got married. Um, and we moved uh, church to Abundant Life Vineyard with Robert Deb. And um, yeah, it was difficult because anyone who's married in the room would know the first few years of marriage is um, interesting, <laughs> to say the least. So uh, yeah, uh, Rob and Deb came alongside us, did marriage uh, course and stuff um, prior to us getting married, which was really good and thought-provoking. Um, and yeah, we did church with them. I don't know. How many years of church did we do? Oh yeah, five, something like that. Um, and then they shut the church down <laughs> and we had nowhere to go. So we were just sort of like not sure what to do. Um, we invested some time with some of Mike's family during that season and just tried to be a part of their life and you know, ministering to them as much as we could. Um, We'd visit them, and not long after that, we were thinking about like expanding our family and wanting to have kids. So, um, yeah, we were trying, nothing was happening, um, and we went to the doctor. And he said, "No, everything should be fine. Like, it's all good." And it still wasn't happening, and we weren't sure what was going on. Um, and so, in the end. Um, it ended up taking about two years before we fell with Madison. So during that time was even um, a struggle in and of itself because, yeah, I just was thinking, oh, I'm not sure what's happening to you, God. Like, I feel like we're meant to expand our family, but it's not happening. And um, Mike was more solid in his faith and belief at that time because he's like, no, someone's prophesied. Like, I will be a dad. Like, I know that. I know I will be a dad. I'm like, okay, well, it has to happen somehow. So anyway, God blessed us with um, our family. So we had Madison in 2019 and then Hudson in 2021. So 
Um, yeah, technically he's, I guess, what you'd call a lockdown baby. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's been um, a massive blessing to have these little people in our lives. And um, coming into motherhood has felt like, um, I guess, where, where I feel like the Lord's called me has become more clear. And so, um, you know, raising these little people is my ministry, is my, um, my mission field at this season. And um, it's something I take really seriously, especially in like <laughs> deliberately um, investing in them, in their spiritual life and, you know, prayer and worship and that sort of thing. Um, and like Hudson's not so much at that point yet, like to be able to communicate that sort of stuff, but like Madison has dreams and, you know, um, tells me this stuff with such clarity sometimes and just like, oh, I need to keep remembering what it's like to be um, little again um, and early in my faith, especially because she's approaching five years old and I'm like, well, that was around the time I came to know Jesus and she's already five years ahead of me um, in that term, like in that sense of being little. Um, but yeah, so we're moving back into winter again and um, the last sort of few years on either side of the kids, um, sort of starting from when Mike and I got married, was actually um, a really w weird time for me um, mentally. So I think I shared a little bit about this at church camp, but um, I've been battling like depression and anxiety for the last three or four years. Um, and yeah, it's been really difficult. And I think a lot of that has come from the summer season I spoke about earlier, just that, you know, intense, like, season of swimming and, you know, discipline and rigidity and it's just, you know, so intense, like a pressure cooker. And so having kids and then being locked down was just like, wow, I'm struggling. <laughs> um, and so I was approaching my 30th birthday and wanted to enter this decade differently. Um, and I didn't want to be carrying around a lot of that, you know, baggage and weight that I'd had through my 20s. And so, um, yeah, I got a therapist and she's been really helping me, um, just grounding and that sort of thing and lots of prayer and support from um, lots of people, um, which I'm very grateful for. And... Um, this verse during the winter season that I've just been in um, has been really foundational for me. So um, this is Matthew 10, 39. If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. Um, and so I think letting, letting that sort of hard stuff go and not trying to search for yourself, but search for God. He's such a good father that you search for him and you get to find yourself in the midst of that. Um, like, I love that. I think I even shared that a couple of weeks ago, you know, just that, like, that circle of going, okay, God, I give it over to you. I'm surrendering that. And then he just fills your hands, you know. You're not actually having to 
like, like, yeah, you let those heavy things go, but you actually get something even better in its place. Um, so yeah, that's me. Happy birthday to me. So <laughs> now I feel like we're moving into um, a season of spring and new life again. Um, even like just for Mike and I um, in our marriage, um, us individually. Um, and so I've just got this little verse from Song of Songs. See, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone, flowers appear on the earth, the season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land, the fig tree forms its early fruit, the blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. Um, and just that drawing from the Lord of, of what's to come and what, what spring looks like, it's, you know, it's fruitfulness and seeing his faithfulness um, and the prayers that I've prayed throughout my life and seeing the see, like seeing the full sort of circle moment of that and how many of those prayers have been answered. Like I asked God, please, Lord, I want to be married. And God sent a husband and I prayed and said, God, I would like a baby. And he's given me two. Um, and so there are just so many prayers, big and small, that God has answered over and over and over again. Um, so yeah, here we are, back at Cabra, full circle moment. Um, and we're um, serving in the community. Um, and yeah, I think we just really wanna um, bring blessing as much as possible. Um, I guess like the name of our home that we've come up with is uh, Safe Haven because um, that's what we really want our family to be known for, like to be a safe place for people, um, to feel welcomed, whether we're at home or in any other situation, that people feel welcomed and loved and seen. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at right now. Um, so just as I touched on in the beginning, looking forward. So what trials has God brought you through? You can take a photo of this if you would like to. I'll leave it up here for a moment. Um, they're good prompting questions to have in your quiet time with Jesus. Um, to have a think, to dive deep and to ask God those hard questions. It's like, what things am I still hanging on to from hard seasons that I don't need to be bringing into the spring that's ahead? Um, who or what have you turned to in those hard seasons? Um, I know for myself, like my heart posture is always to turn to God, but sometimes my phone is the answer. And it's like, scroll, 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 scroll. It's not filling anything that needs to be filled. In fact, it's leaving me more empty. And, um, you know, just remembering to go, you know what, in hard seasons, I'm gonna turn to God. I'm gonna open the word, I'm gonna see what he says about me and see what um, good things he has for my future. Um, what prayers have you seen answered? Um, I just listed out some from my own story and my own situation, but I know all of you would have things that you can think about that are popping into your head right now. I'm going, yep, God answered that prayer. I remember praying that prayer. Look, here it is in front of me. 
Um, and how has God shown his faithfulness in your life? Um, you know, that promise that he'll never leave us or forsake us is something that I stand on often um, because it does feel lonely without him and when we're not including him in our current season, um, it's empty because he's the only thing that can fill it. So, putting these reflections into action. Um, I'm going to read these out because his word is good, so I'm going to read it out. So, um, some ways you can put those reflection questions into action. Feel free to take a photo of this as well. Um, is to stand on his promises to you. Jeremiah 31, 2 and 4. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. When Israel sought for rest, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Again, I will build you, and you shall be built a virgin Israel. So we can stand on his promise that he will be faithful. It's who he is. It's his identity. And it's something that we get to step into um, because we're his kids. And he gives good gifts to his kids. So we get that faithfulness as a gift. Um, another way that you can put those reflections into action is to bring him praise and worship. So Psalm 100, verse 4, says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Um, I always feel like praise is like the singing bit and the worship is the living bit. Um, so how you're walking um, in, in those uh, thanksgiving postures. Um, also to encourage you to write and journal your prayers and to see them answered. So write them down. Um, you know, all the prayers that you're praying and then to go back in, you know, a few weeks, a month, six months and to look at them and think, oh, God actually answered that prayer, that's so cool. And it's, it's faith building, which moves on to my next point, which is share your good news stories and testimonies of his faithfulness to you. Psalm 71, 15 to 24 says, I will tell of your goodness all day long. I will speak of your salvation though it is more than I can understand. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will proclaim your goodness, yours alone. You have taught me ever since I was young, and I still tell of your wonderful acts. Now that I'm old and my hair is gray, I'm 30, I have three gray hairs, they're there. Do not abandon me, O God. Be with me while I proclaim your power and might to all generations to come. And so, yeah. That, that is what I hope my life will tell long after I'm gone, that my kids and their kids will remember that I praised God and I thanked him for everything that he did and that my life is like just a love song to Jesus. And I pray that for you also, that your, that your life um, is just, yeah, scenes of his praise long after you're gone. So, yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>